0: Jacob Aldrodt, Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. got huddle again right side trying intercepted on the left side picked off at the goal line at the 25 yard line picked off by watson watson could go all the way the seventh round pick 20 15 10 5 jalen watson cooking hamburgers in augusta georgia then he went to wazoo and now he gets a 100 yard pick six for a touchdown Kansas City at 10.29 to go in the game.
2: Wow, it was the Watson Show at Arrowhead. On Thursday night, the Chiefs beat the Chargers in another memorable game in the Mahomes versus Herbert Saga. Welcome in everybody to Sports Daily on a Friday after a Chiefs game. Woo! Catch your breath. Tommy, you and I were chatting it up with folks all night on the uh, BetQL app, and it was it was wild all the way through. And the Chiefs, you know, there was a point there. The Chiefs looked kind of down and out, I thought, for a little bit. They did. They looked like they weren't going to be able to get it going, and all of a sudden you get two big plays, each from a Watson. Uh, the last one you heard there, Mitch Holtis on the call on the Chiefs Radio Network over on KNSS. What a game. What a finish.
1: Happy Friday. Hey, happy Friday. What a night last night. I mean, you look at the probabilities. It's as simple as the numbers before that Jalen Watson pick six. The Chargers win probability was 73% after the pick six the Chiefs' win probability was 81%. That was game-changing, and you're right, You know, and we'll, we'll get into it for sure, but you talk about the differences from the beginning of the game to late in the second half. It was night and day, and uh, I, I think if you're a Chiefs fan, you wake up this morning, you feel pretty fortunate to walk away with the victory. That Chargers team is tough, but it was a great night for Chiefs' kingdom.
2: Yeah, I think, I don't want to be overly dramatic, but in a lot of ways, that was a game that the Chiefs, you know, grabbed victory out of the jaws of defeat. Uh, They were outgained by almost a hundred yards. Herbert, you know, other than that pick was really, really good. And, and, and Patrick Mahomes was fine in the game. He missed a couple of throws, but both quarterbacks were playing well. Uh, The Chargers defense made play after play after play. They had Mahomes on the ropes all night long. And that big defensive play, because think about it. You know, not only was it the massive play, but where it was on the field, the Chargers were knocking on the door there. So, you know, and you know, what's crazy, Tommy, is the Chargers had the opportunity to do the same thing on the other end. Samuel just dropped what would have likely been a pick six, just like that. Nobody in front of him on the other end. So there were a lot of different things that happened. The Chargers... Um, I don't want to say they were the better team last night, but they certainly were in a position to win. But, man, you feel good if you're the Chiefs today because with all that, they were able to get in there and get the win anyway. The next time they play them, clearly they're going to have to find an answer for that pass rush. By the way, as is every team in the NFL, I come out of that game, Tommy, and I, don't think, I, I think the same about both of these teams. These are both bona fide Super
1: Bowl contenders this year, and I and I don't think there's much doubt about it. So I think the same way about Kansas City that I thought about going into this game, but my opinion on the Chargers has has changed a little bit from last night to now. I mean, I, I thought that L.A. was a, a really good football team, but I was wondering how will those new acquisitions defensively play out for L.A.? They are a solid football team, and if a couple breaks go a couple of different ways— the Chargers win that game and not Kansas City. And I think that's, you know, when you look at divisional matchups early in the season, it typically goes that way, right? I mean, you can you can look back at a ton of different divisional matchups involving Kansas City where a break goes a different way, one way or another, you're looking at a different outcome. This was exactly one of those instant classic, AFC West divisional matchups. And, you know, we're gonna see Mahomes and Herbert face off against each other for a long time to come. And, and I'm looking forward to that. But the Chargers are a phenomenal football team. You know, they they're they're pretty complete offensively. And even without Keenan Allen, you know, Justin Herbert moved the ball down the field pretty well throughout most of that game, uh, including, you know, and we talked about it yesterday, Mike Williams had a big night. Josh Palmer showed up late in the game too. Gerald Everett was a big target. I know we'll talk about him uh, a little bit later on uh, in this segment, but yeah, I mean, it was 100%. They were able to move the ball offensively and then those acquisitions defensively. I mean, I think that this game, you really look at the line play on both sides and for especially the first half, the defensive line for Los Angeles dominated the O-line for Kansas City. The pass rushers were there. you know, And, and I really feel like later on in the game, uh, there were some adjustments that were made with the line and blockers and that sort of thing that kind of neutralized Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack a little bit more than what they did in the first half. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you, I, I, I was 100%. I'm 100% bought in on Los Angeles. They're a solid football team. And I think it's going to be a battle towards the end of the division uh, to, to see who's going to come out on top.
2: I don't know that I can ever call them Los Angeles is the only thing I, you know, <laughs> differ with you there on that. Um, it was it, a couple of things too. you know, the defensive line, yes, for the Chargers, but the defensive line for the Chiefs stepped up in a massive way late. And, you know, they were put it, they, you know, they weren't necessarily sacking Herbert, but you know especially late in the game when he was banged up a little bit he was not comfortable and that dude man i know that chiefs fans don't like the chargers but how do you not just sit there and like justin herbert is a stud he's awesome and to see yep. him like On one play, like not even be able to throw the ball. And then on the next one, just put an absolute dart down to get them down for their last touchdown, which was really annoying, by the way, uh, because I think it cost us all a lot of money. But Mm -hmm. it, you know, it was, it was, he is just, he is something else. And, and I thought the Chiefs defense did a couple of things that you really liked. The pass rush, when they had to have it, became a big, big factor in the game. They were opportunistic with their turnovers, and they somehow, and I'm not still sure how they did this, Mike Williams, who was dominating them early in the game, was kind of a non-factor late. And in a lot of ways, that was a huge turning point in the game. They, they had no answers for him. McDuffie, and you worried about this, even though Keenan Allen wasn't there when McDuffie wasn't, because McDuffie, by all accounts, had as good a game as you could ever ask a rookie to have, in week one and now is on IR, you know, without him there, it was like, I don't know how they're going to stop Mike Williams. But they did. I don't know what they did, but they did. And we'll talk to Dan Israel about this next week because he'll have the insight on how that happened after hearing from coaches and everything else. But we we were sitting there with people everywhere, and everybody saw the same thing. Like, they don't have an answer for 81. 81 is going to kill them
1: all night long. But all of a sudden... He didn't.
2: And that was a big key to the game, too.
1: Yeah, a lot of it, I think, was the there was a lot of one-on-ones with with Mike Williams early in that game. And, you know, it it didn't really matter who was getting on Williams. I think Fenton was on him a couple different times. Um, I think Watson was on him a couple different times. It didn't matter. But there was a lot of one-on-one opportunities with Mike Williams where he was able to just get up and go get the ball. I mean, you look back on that touchdown catch, that was insane. Like that was just, there's nothing more that you can do as a defender to defend that play. I mean, that was just an insane catch. Uh, I think later on in the game, there was probably a little bit more help uh, over the top with, with with Mike Williams, and that helped. You notice Justin Herbert going a little bit more to the tight end. You saw him going a little bit more to uh, Josh Palmer. Um, so I think that there was some help. I think Steve Spagnola adjusted pretty well at halftime. And that's that's the, the deciding factor in my mind. It's not just Spagnola's defense. It's Andy Reid as a whole. There were clearly adjustments made on both sides of the ball because you're right. You mentioned a couple minutes ago, The Chiefs looked beat at halftime. I mean, they they did not look good. And the adjustments that were made in the locker room going into the second half absolutely turned the tide of the game, changed the momentum. And I go back to offensively, you noticed, and we talked about this yesterday and, and you brought this up. And I thought, as I was watching it play out in the first half, I'm like, this is exactly what Jacob was talking about, how there were a lot of quick hitters in the first half. There were a lot of, you know, Mahomes trying to get the ball out quickly to one of the backs uh, or, you know, setting up little passes to Michael Hardman or, or Sky Moore in the flat or, or screens. It wasn't effective. It didn't work in the first half and I noticed a big adjustment going into the second half where Mahomes was able to have a little bit more time in the pocket and actually throw the ball downfield. That was a game changer in my opinion.
2: Yeah, the the offensive line does deserve credit for the adjustments it made. The Chiefs had a clear game plan, right? They wanted to run the ball, um, and and they abandoned that. But early, very early in the game, they wanted to run it. And all of these things were to neutralize that pass rush. I mean, that pass rush is going to wreak havoc this year. Yeah. Um, and if the Chargers are able to stay healthy, it's it's really interesting. This is all interesting to me because, and, and this is, look, the Chiefs need to be riding high today. Chiefs fans feel great about it. I don't come out of that game convinced the Chiefs are better than the Chargers on wow. September 16th. You got a way to you, you found a way to win. That's key in the NFL. That's great coaching. That's great court. That's all those things that the Chiefs can hang their hats on. But I think if we're honestly trying to evaluate and look at the AFC West, which we know is going to be a grind, I think you can easily look at that game, see how it played out, and say, yeah, the Chargers were the better team. Chiefs found a way to win because they made big plays when it mattered, but you're, you're a pick six on the goal line away from, instead of the Chiefs taking the lead, the Chiefs being down double digits. And those kinds of plays happen, obviously, in the NFL, but as we evaluate the division and look at it, you can easily make the case that the Chargers were the better team last night. And, and maybe they're just, at this point of the season, the better team. That's what makes this division so scary is we've seen, you know, and, and you know that the Chargers are sick to their stomachs because they had the opportunity to go out, right, and start 2-0. and And they, and they, they were right there but didn't get it. So that's demoralizing young team, we'll see. Justin Herbert was all kinds of banged up late in that game and, and his injury step. But now now they're probably thankful they have the long week here to try and get him back, get Keenan Allen back. But man, they're not going down. If this team is healthy each and every week they play, I I'm not picking against them. Not with that pass rush. Yeah. yeah if they, the Chargers looked... play you know, if the Chargers played the Bills today I'm not sure I wouldn't be on the Chargers side of that because that pass rush is going to be a nightmare for opposing defense or opposing offensive lines.
1: You know, I had forgotten about just how many notable guys are on defense for the Chargers. I mean, we we we've talked at length about the acquisitions of Khalil Mack and JC Jackson. But how about the guys that have been there for a while? Uh, you know, Joey Bosa. And Derwin, Derwin James, James, who made Derwin that James play, an Kelsey. incredible Good game, Night. Yep. insane game. And then I, you know, I didn't. It must have slipped my mind. I didn't know. I forgot that Kyle Van Noy plays for the Chargers as well. I mean, there are some big names defensively for the Chargers, and they they work together, and you know they, they're gelling defensively without a doubt. Um, it, it's absolutely stout, and that game. Was one in the trenches in the second half, based on adjustments that Kansas City made? And can we can we take a moment? And I I know that I know that it's an it's an easy thing to bring up because everybody watches this person in awe all the time. But can we take a moment to just again appreciate Patrick Mahomes? He didn't have he didn't have a phenomenal game
2: last night. You know
1: he had 235 yards through the air, two touchdowns. But man, I mean, it's week in and week out. And we always say, how does he make those passes? I mean, that's just insane uh, to this day. I mean, he's, he's been the quarterback for Kansas city for four or five years. Now he's still making passes that just blow my mind. And and he was able to do that again. And even when Patrick Mahomes is not at his best, he is still the most special quarterback in the national football league. And that was on full display last night. And what I love about it so much is that, and they talked about this on the post game show uh, when, when Mahomes joined the the crew to talk about the game, about how he just acts unbothered, like not that he doesn't have the passion or the energy, but it's like, look, I'm just gonna go out there and if I've got to throw it sidearmed behind my back or whatever to complete a pass, that's what I'm gonna do. And I think that that's different than anybody else in the league right now, and it's an X factor.
2: It, it is, and you know, he and Herbert are so different. But they're both so great. That's what makes this fun. And and it's what I love about both of those guys is, you know, just they just don't flinch and they keep coming at you. That's, you know, of all the great young quarterbacks in the game right now, between those two, uh, and, and I don't even know if Patrick Mahomes is considered young anymore. Probably not. But between those two and Burrow and Josh Allen, like their confidence is what plays so much. I mean, not to go off on a tangent, but, uh, you know, the game last week with Burrow, when he threw four picks, he just kept coming at him. You're like, dude, this guy just yeah. doesn't care. Like, he is going to come at you. And Herbert's that way, right? Like, Herbert with, you know, whatever, broken ribs and a broken wrist or whatever he was dealing with late in the game, just just kept going. And, and to lead them down the fence, I'm just like, man, this this series is never going to not be fun. On the Chargers' defense, though, I, I pay a lot of attention to the Chargers and watch them a lot because my wife is from San Diego and is a Chargers fan. There the the amount of injuries, like significant injury the injuries they've suffered over the last, I don't know, decade now. I mean, it's a joke. It's laughable. So when you mention all of these guys, you forget how many good ones they have. Also don't forget Brandon Staley is a defensive guy. Like he was right. the defensive coordinator of the Rams when he came in. And I'll say this too. Brandon Staley took a lot of heat last year because he dove, man, he dove into the deep end on analytics and went forward on fourth down, like no matter what, right? We all remember those things. And a lot of the time you're like, dude, like you're, you're outsmarting yourself here. Like we know what the computers say, but guys have been playing football for a long time. Well, they were fourth and short, like what, five, four or five times from midfield. It felt like, and he punted every time. Now I don't know <laughs> that that's the answer, but that's a coach making adjustments. Right. That, that's him yeah. growing as a coach, too, which the Chargers absolutely have to have happen if they're going to do what they want to do this year. The Chiefs come away with the win. The Chiefs get it done in a game that they easily could have lost. That feels great if you're a Chiefs fan today. You're the 2-0 and team. You're sitting at the top of the division all by yourself and will be no matter what happens with the Broncos and the Raiders and in a season where the schedule never gets any easier, taking one you probably shouldn't have is going to be a big key to repeating as the AFC West champs. Your thoughts on the Chiefs. 8-6-9-12-40. A ton to get to on a jam packed Friday. We've got picks to make. Uh, We've got college football games to preview. We've got High school games to preview, all kinds of stuff. How did you know how did our bets do last night? That was a whirlwind and a roller coaster, a little backdoor cover by the Chargers. All kinds of good stuff as we get ready for another football weekend. We're just getting rolling here on Sports Daily. Jad Chambers producing for us. We'll continue right after this.
0: Take it easy. We're going on the air. This is Sports Daily on KFH.
2: Attention, BetMGM customers have a friend who loves sports as much as you do. Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when you sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account at the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus, and once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager, Kansas only. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as is non-withdrawable site credit. Site credit expires in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. BetMGM Sports is in partnership with Kansas Crossing, Casino, and Hotel. Tommy, we had some bets last night. We're on the BetQL chat, which was a lot of fun, man. I can't wait to – we're, we're going to do that for Chiefs games, at least for the next few weeks. Um, just a, a, a lot of fun, and we appreciate – I know some listeners of this program jumped on there with us to have some fun. We appreciate that very much. Um, you can download that app. It's free to download. They have some you know, paid services in there, but it's a lot of information. If you are sports betting, it's it's definitely worth taking a look, at least for the free stuff, if not a little bit more than that. Um, it was a blast that, that game was a wild one to bet. I think most people were on the chiefs. Most people were on the chiefs at minus four, minus four and a half. I, I lucked out and got them early at minus three. So that backdoor cover at the end of the game only caused a push for me and not a loss, but man, that was agonizing at the end. We're all, (laughs) we're all sitting there like the chargers aren't going to win this game. No big plays, no big plays, no big plays. You see Herbert like duff one over like oh they can't make a big play and then he just puts <laughs> that dart down there and you're like oh no and then you'll kick the field goal kick the field goal you gotta have two scores anyway which by the way would have been the right thing to do uh, because you know you're got to get the ball back on an onside kick you might as well take the field goal and keep as much time on the clock as you can I hate when teams don't do that um, I, and I know you got to have the touchdown anyway. But give yourself the most time. You're, you're you're playing against the opponent and the clock at that point. They should have kicked the field goal, but they didn't. They backdoor covered everybody on their Chiefs bet. And in uh, the agony of sports betting comes right there to the front and center as we watch that Chiefs-Chargers game in prime time.
1: What's the old saying? Good teams win, great teams cover. Um, That's right. That's you know, right. Clearly the, the Chargers are a great team then. Um, I was one of the unfortunate few that uh, – unfortunate lot of people that had the Chiefs at four and a half um, you know, that, that didn't ultimately play out. Um, I also had the over. Uh, that wasn't good. Um, now, I did get in the live over at halftime, and I hit on that. Uh, yep. But, yeah, we- I originally had it at, like, 40, 54 and a half. Uh, that didn't play out, unfortunately. If you, I, if you I felt really good
2: about my under for the game, and it almost went over. That's why betting – just for the record, betting unders sucks. Like, it sucks. Nobody wants to root for no scoring, right? Like, that's not a fun way to watch it. Um, anyway, as an aside, but yeah, and, and we, we kind of all collectively in that chat talked ourselves into that second half over because everyone was sort of sharing a brain like, man, it feels like these two teams are about to start turning it loose. And we all hit that one. So that was a nice little hedge there. Um, I had I had the char- I don't I don't remember which side had it but there was there's one where if you go up seven at any point you cover a money line well, I was like well let me just get the Chargers there's there's a great chance they score the first touchdown in this game it's exactly what happened I hedged it was okay it was an okay night but I know there's a lot of Chiefs fans in there hang in there we feel your pain uh, had a lot of buddies that were just like you got to be kidding me at the end there. Kelsey not hitting his over yardage cost me a lot of money on little stupid parlay bets that most of, I I think I had basically all of it right, but I had Kelsey's over yardage in all of them and he didn't get it. Uh, That touchdown, that Derwin James, Mm. it was funny. I I popped on to Twitter for a minute and I saw Arn Anderson, the old pro wrestler, uh, trending. And I was like, oh no, what happened to Arn Anderson? And then it and then it hit me. I was like, "No, he's trending because Derwin James gave Travis Kelsey an old school spinebuster on that play, yeah. uh, which was a which was an old Arn Anderson staple for all our wrestling fans." But yeah, it was uh, it was a fun game to to do that in. And man, it is a roller coaster to bet these games in the NFL. And and I know not everybody bets, and that's totally fine. And and just you know suffer with us sometimes because it's a wild ride. Uh, to see a game like that play out the way it did and just go back and forth. But we'll do that again. I know we have one scheduled um, on the next Chiefs game, so Tommy and I will be back in that chat room. Even if you're not betting, jump in there and, and ride. I'm telling you, ride the roller coaster because it's funny to watch people suffer like that. And and I don't know, maybe we're masochists because we love the pain of it, <laughs> but we're we're back. You know, We'll be right back in it the next time they play.
1: Yeah, it was, it was fun. That BetQL app is awesome. Um, you know, download it, join the chat the next time the Chiefs play. And we had people from from coast to coast, you know, that were in there, had some Chargers fans cool. in there. So, you know, there's some back and forth going on and talking about live odds and, and that sort of thing. So, yeah, looking forward to the next one. And um, even though I didn't hit, and I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't hit on anything except for the live over that I put in really? at halftime. I didn't hit on anything. Um, yeah. And, and you had the you had the uh, the over in yards for Kelsey. I had Kelsey for a touchdown. Well, and, I did, too. You know, a couple too. yards away from that um, outside of that Derwin James, you know, tackle or body slam or whatever you want to call it. Kelsey's in the end zone. Uh, and And so that was that was pretty brutal. I had Mike Williams with the touchdown catch, but. Where I had him was part of a parlay where uh, none yeah, of the other yeah. none of the other legs hit, so that I was, had a, I had a ton of out. other
2: yardage totals in parlays, and they all hit except Kelsey, so it ruined mm-hmm. all of them. Uh, let's let Austin weigh in on the Chiefs before we switch gears and go to college football in the next segment. 869-1240. Austin, welcome into Sports Daily.
1: Hey, how are you guys?
2: We're doing good. Great. We're doing good. Chiefs got a win, and uh, it was a it was a wild ride last night. It sure was. It, uh, it was a pleasure uh, hanging with you guys last night in that chat room. We're all glad Sky Moore didn't get his first touchdown last night because we didn't. <laughs> want to get the but um, I made Austin's referring to a comment I made that if Sky Moore got that first touchdown at like plus what three thousand, I was going streaking, uh, but didn't happen. Nobody needs. To I don't see why. That. By the way, I don't know why they're not getting Sky Moore more involved. Every time he's on the field, he does something good. Um, I think it's just a matter of time, but that's been a little strange early in the season. Anyway, Austin, what what's up, man? Yeah, but uh, after watching that game last night, I think the Chargers and the Chiefs are the top two in the AFC. I think the Chargers
0: scare me more than the Bills do because of their defense. Yeah,
2: yeah I, I, mean, I, I don't want to I, say I, that yet. That. But I, I can see, it. but remember, the Bills pass rush really yeah. disrupted the Rams too. So, you know, I I think that those are the going to be the three teams. Um I'm going to I'm going to hold on for a minute because I do think that both the Bengals and the Broncos had to play absolutely horrible games to find ways uh to not take care of business. Well, I mean the Broncos not take care of business the way they should have anyway. The Bengals obviously didn't take care of business, but those two teams, I think, have the opportunity to, to also be in this conversation. Um, but I think, you know, I think right now on September 16th, it looks like the Chiefs, Chargers, and, and Bills have a leg up. But, man, the AFC is going to be brutal this year. Brutal. The best, like, the the six best teams in football look like they're going to be in the AFC.
1: And here, here's where I actually agree with Austin where the Chargers scare me a little bit more than the Bills, because you mentioned the pass rush that the Bills had against the Rams, that opening night game last Thursday. That's true. But the Rams offensive line is absolutely terrible. Uh, you know they, they lose Andrew Whitworth to retirement and they just were not good. And that was clearly a, an area of concern that they did not address in the offseason, where I would say right now in week two, The Chiefs' offensive line is better than the Rams. Now, there were times in in both games, both week one against the Cardinals and last night against the Chargers, especially early on in the first half, we didn't really see that from the offensive line. You know, Mahomes was hurried quite a bit uh, in the first half last night and in that game uh, against Arizona a week ago. But I would say overall as a unit, the Chiefs' offensive line is better. I just think that the Chargers' pass rush is, is better than Buffalo's is. And so that's where I, I do agree with Austin, where I I think if you're comparing what they've done so far, you have to keep in mind how bad the O-line for Los Angeles, the Rams are.
2: Yeah, I, I, I think so. I think that's a good point. And, and, and two, the Chargers, you know, the Chargers are going to be in the conversation with the Bills and the Chiefs offensively as being one of the best in football too. Um, I think the Chiefs' defense deserves quite a bit of credit for last night, especially without McDuffie there for the way that they played. Um, They gave up a lot of yards, but they did make big plays when they had to have them, and the pass rush really became a factor late. The Chiefs have got to have that pass rush be a factor all the time if they want to be as good defensively as I think they probably can be by the time the end of this year comes and, and Spags gets more and more time with them. But, yeah, it's... It's going to be a a, a back and forth. I I don't think any of these teams is going to just, you know, run away with the, you know, fan given trophy of best team in the AFC. The Bills are going to have the easiest path to get there, especially considering the Patriots don't look like they're going to be nearly as good as years past. But man, what what a great game.
1: Can we also talk about how great Willie Gay looked defensively? 11 yeah. total tackles in that game. He, made some plays, he was man. involved all yes, the time. And it's I, I, great I'm to see very that next step for him.
2: Arrows pointed up on the Chiefs defense. I'm real yep. bullish on what how good they could be this year. It, it looks early, early returns are that, that they got this makeover right. And there's going to be a lot of good things happening on that side of the football. And they're going to need them because their schedule, again, is absolutely... Brutal. Thanks, Austin. Hey, for one, one more 8, thing. 6 9 12 What's up, Tommy?
1: Yeah, one more thing. Before we move away from the Chiefs, I'm officially on the train for Clyde Edwards E. Lair comeback season. 111 oh, yeah. yards total in that game. Pretty amazing.
2: Samesies. Uh, Because he could have done that in the, in the first week, too. They just didn't need him to. Yep. Uh, and then they pulled him out. So, yeah, I'm on board with that as well. CEH looks like he's in for a good year. All right. Uh, we're going to talk a little college football because we got a jam packed show. We got to talk high school football in the second hour, make some picks, uh, see how we did last week. So let's get a look. We'll get through the uh, Jayhawks and the Wildcats before we get into the weekend here. Sports Daily rolls on after this. Welcome back, everybody. Let's shift gears here on Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster, Jad Chambers producing for us. 869-1240 is where you can call. Let's talk a little college football, Tommy. Uh, let's start with the Wildcats here because we are, you know, in the very early stages of what looks like a special season potentially brewing in Manhattan. We think, our insider yesterday, Tim Fitzgerald, gopowercat.com, thinks with us that Tulane should be the biggest test of the season so far. And it's not some overwhelmingly daunting test. And the big one looms next week. But I, there's no reason to think Kansas State will do anything to look at, look past this team. And what I think is interesting about them, and we, and we get this vibe from Fitz, is that K-State is not showing their hand offensively because they're not having to because their defense has been so good and their run game has been so good. But, you know, it'll be real uneasy if we never see that before they play Oklahoma. or But, but that, you know, it's also not a bad thing because it means Oklahoma doesn't have any tape on it. So K-State, lane. the Cats are two touchdown favorites. It, it is dropped like six points Um, Because so much money, I think, flooded in on Tulane early, which tells you that people are aware of Tulane and Tulane's probably pretty good.
1: Tulane's a a better team than any of the the competition that Kansas State has faced so far this year. And on top of that, don't discount Willie Fritz as a head coach. He is a solid head coach. He's a Kansas native um, and he's been rumored for some bigger power five jobs over the last few years, including the Kansas job. Uh, just a couple of years ago. So he's a good coach. Tulane is a good team. And one thing I think that's going to be interesting, we know Kansas State's identity, right? We know that they're going to run the football. We know that they're going to play solid defense. They're going to be disciplined on special teams. That's their identity. That's what Chris Kleiman has put together. That being said, Kansas State has the third worst passing offense in the nation so far. Now, I want to preface that by saying, like you mentioned, they really haven't sh- needed to show that they need, haven't needed to get Adrian Martinez out there to throw for a bunch of yards and touchdowns, but to Lane has an incredibly solid pass defense. They've only given up 66 passing yards at a 36 completion rate, 36% completion rate in the first two games. So they've got a solid pass defense. Kansas State does not have a good passing attack. So I would imagine it's going to be the Deuce Vaughn show early and often against Tulane with Kansas State.
2: Yeah, you know, I don't know. My problem with teams like Tulane is I, I haven't watched Tulane play, and and I don't have time to like go study the tape on Tulane, right? We've seen Tulane in big spots. We know the quarterbacks back that you know put on a show against Oklahoma, right? Like we know, we know some things about them, but I, but I can't sit here and tell you like, you know, you got to watch out for Iverson Celestine, right? Like I I don't know too, I don't know a lot about Tulane. That's why these early season games, and I'll be be—I'll always be honest about that. Like, I'm not scouting Tulane. I don't have time for that. Um, so it really goes to, and, and and I say that because I think it goes a little bit to the way a team like Kansas State, who has big asp- aspirations, you know, from a bird's eye view, needs to approach it the same way. Yeah, and obviously they'll scout Tulane and, and game plan it and do all those things that they have to do that, you know, the great teams do. But at the surface, it feels like a game K-State needs to go in and flex and say this is what Kansas State does, and Tulane better be ready for it more than we got to be ready for Tulane. I don't know. I I don't know a lot about Tulane, but I suspect that Kansas State will come into this game and try and run the ball down their throat and smother Mm -hmm. them defensively, just like we've seen in the two games prior to it, whether or not they have to pull some of the – more advanced parts of their passing game that we think are there under Colin Klein, I don't, I don't know. And I also, what I don't know is if I think they should or not, like, is it a good thing if they do it or not? Because I want to see it so badly. Like I want to see Colin Klein's impact on this passing game, desperately want to see it. But I also get the side of it that if they don't need it, the longer you can hold that in the bag before you get to Oklahoma. That's not a bad thing either.
1: There's one thing to keep in mind that I think is going to be a huge key for Tulane in this game. They're going to have to play an absolutely clean football game. They cannot turn the ball over. If they're going to have any chance to beat Kansas state, they've already turned the ball over three times in their first two games K-State has had five interceptions, four of them coming last week against Missouri. So the only way, and I don't want to tip my hand because we're going to get into picks in a little bit, but the only way that Tulane can cover that spread, they they cannot turn the ball over because Kansas State's defense will pounce on that and they will take advantage of it and the game could get ugly pretty quick. If Tulane is able to play a clean game, you never know.
2: Yeah, and they and they also can't let Kansas State you know, make the big special teams plays that Kansas State always makes. And it's funny because normally I look at things like that in college or the pros, right? And I'm like, yeah, special teams isn't really something you can count on every week as being a big part of what you do. But, man, since the beginning of time, it feels like Kansas State can count on big special teams plays. I don't know why any team ever kicks it to them, ever, over the last you know, however many years. I don't know why anybody kicks it to them, but they do. And Kansas State will always make a big special teams play. So, yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. Tulane's got to play it clean. Can't make mistakes. Can't let Kansas State get those kinds of plays. Easier said than done because Kansas State always gets yeah. those kinds of plays. It, we'll get to our picks yeah. on it. Um, I am intrigued by the game. I'm, I'm intrigued by every game K-State plays. And KU. Look, it's. I said this after KU beat West Virginia, it is collectively as fun to be a college football fan in the state of Kansas right now at this very moment as it has been in the almost decade I've been here. And most of that has to do with Kansas being relevant, but a lot of it has to do with the fact that Kansas State has done nothing to sway me from the fact that I think they need to be contending for a Big 12 title this year. And that makes every game for both of those teams, games that you watch on Saturdays.
1: What I love about the Wildcats more than anything else is how methodical they are. Like that is exactly how they enter into each game. And the way that they've been able to do it so far is we, we talked about the identity, right? We've talked about who they are, what they put out on the field, the, the areas of strength that they lean on. I mean, they they double down on the running game. They double down defensively. They double down on, on special teams. And it's just methodical. And that's what I think Chris Kleiman, that's his biggest advantage as a coach is knowing 100% their identity and how methodical they're going to be in running the football with Deuce Vaughn and shutting down opposing teams' offenses. I don't see any reason why it'll be any different tomorrow against Tulane. And, and we've we've been Kind of it, the, this date has been lingering out in the future for a while, but of course Oklahoma is eight days away, and that's the first true test to see how well that inde- that identity is instilled in the program, and how methodical they're really truly going to be able to be when they face a top tier Big Twelve team.
2: Yeah, I can't look ahead though. That's that's the thing about Tulane is this is definitely not a look ahead kind of a game. All right, let's uh, let's get some Jayhawk talk in here. Um, Kansas, goes to Houston. We've seen that line shrink. There's money going to Kansas. Um, so it's interesting. I, I think it, look, if Kansas can go to West Virginia, they can go to Houston and get a win. I, and I say that, I think Houston's better than West Virginia. Don't get me wrong. But if you're Kansas, you know that if we can go to Morgantown and get a win, we can go to Houston and get a win. Houston back home two weeks in a row on the road for Kansas. Houston coming off an overtime loss. That's frustrating for them. Kansas has just got to keep doing what it's doing, and that's letting that offense hum. Um, you know, the offense ahead of the defense for sure. I think here, here's what I'd be very curious to see in this game, even more than outcome. Well, outcome matters and, and effort matters, obviously. But what we've seen from Kansas through two weeks is a killer instinct and and clearly a never-roll-over attitude and that, that's that's a culture thing, and that's hard to build. Is that still as evident and clear in this game, with all the rumors now swirling around the head coach, as it was in Morgantown? That's what I think could be a huge key in this game for the Jayhawks. I assume that they won't let that distraction bother them, but man, you never know.
1: There's a difference between a team coached by Neil Brown and a team coached by Dana Holderson. Um, And I think that that that'll be a big difference in this game. I mean, I I, Holgerson is not going to shoot himself in the foot and this Houston team is going to be more disciplined than what we saw from West Virginia a week ago in that game against Kansas. That being said, I also think that Houston is more talented than West Virginia is. They're battle tested. You know, yeah, it was a, a, a rough loss against Texas Tech, but it was a it was a grind, and you know they've stumbled a little bit here out of the gate. They were ranked early on, but I think Holgerson will get that turned around. I think the big question will be: Kansas has done a really good job of keeping Jalen Daniels clean, and he's been able to, you know, put up great yardage, and and he's been one of the best quarterbacks offensively in the nation uh, through through two weeks. So the question will be: What does the pass pass rush look like from Houston? Will they be able to get to Jalen Daniels and? are we looking at more of a barn burner kind of game and really where does the the Kansas defense fall? They're going to be facing a better offense against Houston than what they've seen the first two weeks. That's kind of what intrigues me with this game.
2: I, I I just, I, I, I'm so happy that we're three weeks into a season and we're still excited about KU football and what they're doing. And we're excited about about their,
1: yeah, we're talking about can Kansas win the game, right? It's not. Uh, right? It's not just like how much are they going to lose by. It's you know what, what's it going to take for them to get a victory.
2: What's I, and and for me, what's it going to take? It's going to take another shootout. It's going to take another you know Daniel's star game and Neil and the in the you know the backs are going to need to be great again because I think Houston's going to score some points, right? I I, I don't. The, the offense at Kansas is ahead of the defense, and that's okay because I think that's the natural order of things. Um, but I, I suspect a competitive game. We'll get to how we're going to pick it shortly. I suspect a competitive game, though, and, and this won't be one where Kansas looks outmatched. But we'll talk about that as we make our way through the second hour of the program. Lots to get to. We're going to talk some high school football. We're going to talk a little uh, college and NFL as far as getting you our thoughts on some of the biggest games of the weekend. It is a Friday edition of the show. A lot coming for you still as we're halfway home, getting ready for now what's the third big weekend of football. (sighs) All feels right in the world. All Brockton Caster, we'll be right back.